0: We do language. That may be the measure of our lives. Toni Morrison. With this sentiment in mind, I happily introduce to the listening audience, Tiffany Richardson and Raquel Delimos. This powerhouse team have created a space for indie black authors known as Big Black Chapters they have hewn a space in a very <laughs> in a very white gaze dominated field and allowed there to be a place for black authors to flourish to ask questions to network and to grow not necessarily just just to grow into their talent but grow into whom they are going to be as artists and these types of spaces can never never be diminished. They are indeed doing a righteous work.
1: For that reason, I am overjoyed that they decided to come on the show for this particular portion
0: of your edification for the week. As of this recording, they have just come out of a historic winter snowstorm out of the state of Texas and Thankfully and prayerfully, both she and both Tiffany and Raquel are fine. And with all that is surrounding them, they are still making time to create. And that, indeed, is amazing. So without further ado, I introduce to some and reintroduce to others Tiffany Richardson and Raquel Delimos, the founders of Big Black Chapters.
1: Welcome to the Writer's Block. This space is for aspiring writers, indie and published authors who desire tips, tricks and tools to foster confidence in your ability to write. This space is also for voice actors, editors, and literary agents, all those people who are writing adjacent. Let this space be a haven, a resource, and a reminder, you can write all you see and see all you write. Grab your pens. We're about to circle the block.
2: Hello.
0: Tiffany and Abigail. It's so good to finally have y'all on the podcast. I'm so, so excited because, again, this has been like at least six to eight months in the making because uh, um, not just because of COVID, but because of writing schedules and other adult demands and trying to be a mother all, in, all at the same time. Exactly. So, <laughs> so with that said, I am again so grateful that y'all are taking time out of your busy days to go ahead and spend time with you with one of your favorites. Can I just say that? One, one, one of your favorites. <laughs> yes,
3: indeed. Um, because,
0: because over here on this portion of Beyonce um, of Beyonce's internet, we still ascribe to the Christopher Priest quote of a real writer can write anything. And uh, also to the gospel of Shondalyn Rhymes that says that if you, if you are a writer, don't put aspiring in front of you. Anything, anything you are doing, you are not aspiring. Mm-hmm. So with that being done and said, can you please introduce yourselves to the listening audience, who clearly needs some of your realness, brilliance and brew of Black Girl Magic on today.
3: Well, I am Tiffany Richardson,
4: and I am Raquel Delemos, and we are the founders and creators of Big Black Chapters, a writers' collective dedicated to the Black indie writer. I
0: love how y'all just said that like it's not a big thing. <laughs> oh, you know, you know, we just, you know, we, we just created this uh, dope space where we just edify black writers and just kind of shove them in the right direction. And we just we just out here making content for for uh, for us. We just, we just we just we just provide sweet tea and barbecue and open in the open door. Y'all just come in. Y'all just come in. I mean, we are. Y'all just, y'all just in, in. We are down south uh, girls. No,
4: it comes natural.
0: Yeah. <laughs> i I just need to know if my plate is has um, the paper towel and the aluminum foil on top of it, or if, or if it just has plastic wrap. Because if it just has plastic wrap, that means don't nobody love. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, we if do foil. Not, not in the bag. <laughs> don't nobody love me. Y'all, y'all were just told to put that up for me.
3: We got you, but Raquel you. said mine has. We got I'm you, come cool. on. <laughs>
0: Thank you, ma'am. But the one, but the one thing uh, that I really that really drew me to uh, the space that you all are creating is because you all you both are so dedicated to the visibility of Black writers, especially Black indie writers. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the, one of the things by and because uh, for those of this space who don't who don't who may not be familiar, it's because of this space that I actually met Chanel, mm-hmm. and. And that is uh, one of the greatest one of the uh, greatest enrichments of this writing journey. That actually found uh, like like minded uh, women and men who so all we want to do is uh, push the boundaries of these twenty six letters of the English alphabet. That so all it's- we want to do is just write and write and be in a space by which we can be celebrated and uh, to quote, you know, Toni Morrison, uh, and not have the white gaze in this space. Mm-hmm. Right. That. Uh, that, um, and this, again, all of us will be in the show notes, but the one thing that, um, again, that, that uh, I keep coming back to this space for, you know, use the analogy of, uh, you know, sweet sweet sweetie barbecue and open door. It, I have never not felt at home. Mm-hmm. I have never not felt that, well, you know, Tiffany and Raquel only, only push these specific writers. So I'm not even going to try. Mm-hmm. Or, they, or there is nothing here that um, that edifies. One of the things we know that uh, with Facebook and social media, that it's easy to be to become very clickish. Yes, right. Especially, especially as it relates to Black indie art, uh, where you know we're just gonna push the people we like and the genre that we like and nothing and nothing else. Mm-hmm. So, what 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 really was the rue in making this space? Because again, no one just—and I know that there was a piece in uh, Publishers Weekly that featured you all, Turn Up. So that too will be in the show notes. Mm -hmm. But what really the motivation behind—motivation behind that uh, for this particular podcast? Again, I operate under the Christopher Priest boat. Again, Christopher Priest being one of the uh, Black writers and artists that that was behind the creation and development of Black Panther. and again, his quote of when he said the quote that a real writer can write anything that was like unlocking a box for me, mm-hmm. because it, it means that uh, for me as a as a a writer who stands at the intersection of black and black you know het, black this head and woman, I it almost feels that especially for black women that we can only write things that you know either faith or heartbreak. Mm-hmm. We're not allowed to we're try, really allowed to truly flex in that space. So what was the motivation behind creating the big Black chapter?
3: Well, uh, it originally started out as a Facebook group that Raquel started. Um, It was actually about African-American erotica, because that's her genre that she she writes in, and she wanted to create a space for that. And then she brought me on as an admin of the group, and then it just kind of... It kind of grew and morphed into what it is now, which is Big Black Chapters, into a space for all genres and all indie um, Black authors to network and showcase their work. And we have writing prompts. We have, um, we post blog posts and different articles, you know, teaching everybody the different um, fundamental elements of self-publishing. It's definitely a space for people to come and um, like you said, meet like-minded writers. And once once we kind of figured out where we were going with the group, uh, Raquel actually came up with the name and uh, she created the website and it, it just went from the Facebook group to a website. And like you said, Publishers Weekly picked us up and it just kind of been Growing and snowballing just from that little seed of an idea of just having a space for African American writers to just have a, a place to a safe place to be comfortable and network and just have a, a we, we call it our tribe and like you said it's, it's we we try to stay very positive and and surprisingly it's it's still how many years three years later it's still a very positive pay, place for black indie authors to gather and get information and network and and meet like-minded people. And we're very, very proud of that.
4: Yes. And to add to what she said so far, um, when I first decided that I would give um, I don't want to say commercial writing, but uh, where I was going to start sharing my writing to the Public. I created the group and it, it was mainly just for people who wrote outside the box erotica, black people who wrote outside the box erotica. Now, there are a lot of other writing groups on Facebook, um, not just, you know, places that share writing advice and tips. There are also a lot of short story groups where writers um, post pieces, whether it's chapters or just snippets of their work. And Tiffany started posting her stories in one of these groups, and she encouraged me to as well. Um, And at first, I was Um, you know, a bit apprehensive because it seemed like most of the stories in the group were urban fiction or at least most, you know, the most popular stories were urban fiction. So I just didn't think that my style of writing, my topics, the themes that I write about would be welcomed, but they were. So when we decided to change the direction of, you know, in which, you know, the way Big Black Chapters was headed, um, that group, the writing that I do, and the goal, it all had a lot to do with the name Big Black Chapters. Um, The name in itself, even though a lot of people don't know the backstory behind it, and I guess they will now if they listen to this, But it's always been when black men, let me say black people, but men in particular are um, portrayed in mainstream media. Um, We're often fetishized. We're often sexualized. And, you know, or it's some thug element. And our Mm. characters are not given much more development outside of those areas. So when I decided that I wanted to write romance commercially, it was to give a different face to the Black man in response, you know, in regards to love and relationships. And that, you know, we as Black women, those of us who date and love Black men, we understand You know, the complexities of our men, whereas the world tends to just, you know, make sex symbols out of them. And so that's where Big Mm -hmm. Black Chapters comes from. You know, everyone loves the BBC, just not the men they're attached to. So that's where the name comes from. And the group is just, we just want to give Black writers of all genres an opportunity to let themselves be heard um, and to, you know, meet like-minded writers and to let them know that they're not alone, um, you know, no matter what genre that they write in. And, again, the, the beautiful thing and the
0: thing about what you all are doing is you know As we fight tactical difficulties on this portion of the program, it is a good time to remind you to go ahead and follow big black chapters on Instagram and Facebook. All the works that we discuss on the show are going to be listed in the show notes as well as they can be found on Amazon. So go ahead and support Indie Black Authors. Go ahead and download Whispers of Africa, The Color Line, and as well as Tiffany's new work, A Year in Haiku, all available on Amazon and Kindle. Back to the show. Hello. And I am so sorry about that about that audio about that audio breaking feedback. But the one thing that I want to capitalize on and I think that Raquel did a very good job of saying that is just how powerful it is to have space by which you as a black creator can actually go in and create without this environment that indeed can be quite clickish, especially on places like Facebook. that mm-hmm. is especially on Instagram. I think Instagram is uh, kind of like throwing a pebble in an ocean. There's mm-hmm. just so much. Faith, there's so much space that you can kind of go and create and come back and and uh, create as you see fit. But the thing that I believe is essential, especially to uh, black writers, is that you have this space and this freedom to truly flex into your talent. Yes. To truly be able to say even with, hey, you know what? I am a black woman and I write erotica, but. I don't necessarily write erotica that, you know, is more, let's just say geared toward
2: Zane.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean write erotica that's not geared toward her. And uh you need to have a space again. Uh Tiffany, you and I are, we love we love more So it's great to have a space that you can that you can actually have a prompt for that as well. And one of the things that I thought was so dope, and I'm glad that y'all uh actually did this, what was it this, this past summer for June for the contest that you all did for Juneteenth? Mm-hmm. Yes actually this a uh, prompt that was uh, let's just say alternative fiction where if uh what ha- what was, what would have happened if I remember the prompt correctly what would have happened if the Union Army had not come to Texas mm-hmm. and, and liberated the the type of people that were there. You know, so again having this space that that is writer run, right? That is writer run that is that you can actually again flex and grow into that talent
2: mm-hmm. so that's, that's
0: a small thing again as I'm fond of saying over here on this portion of Beyonce's internet that um, again the power of what Roxanne Gay said about black writers actually having a safe space to create and be nurtured and be valuable you know one of the reasons why this podcast exists was because I was tired of writers who look like me giving up Mm-hmm they had no outlet. they had they had nowhere to plug into you know they had questions and just you know i understand that i'm just i'm just one girl with one computer you know and one platform but at the same time i want to use all those things i wish to encourage writers who look like me
2: definitely and,
0: and it is and it is powerful and invaluable that you all are doing are doing the same thing so now that we've kind of touched on social media do you think that uh big black chapters is flourishing because of social media or do you think that again this, uh, this these clicks kind of form and then you don't get as much shine as you need to and you have to find other avenues to get exposed do you all see social media as a tool or more of a, you know just necessary evil as far as it relates to exposure
4: well I will say that big black chapters even though we are on social media and we you know it started out as a facebook group um that's not our main concern we focus more on the blog the website and seo um Mm -hmm. we're we're trying to be the number one on google not the number one on facebook and there's a difference
0: come on here ma'am come (laughs) on here
4: so and we are number one on Google for in Black indie authors, anything indie and Black book related, we're going to rank number one. And that has enabled us to make those partnerships with um, Publishers Weekly and Book Life and Lulu Publishing. Um that's go on, go
0: on name drop. Drop some
4: names. Go uh, ahead, ma'am. And, Flex on you know, the <laughs> You know, we might not have very large you know Instagram you know a large number of Instagram followers or you know we might not have the largest numbers as far as um, you know Facebook groups goes but like I've always said it's quality not quantity and when you are in a spot like our website is um, that puts us in a in a unique position because when you're number one on Google, yes, we have Black authors, we're Black writers, but we're in a position out of it, we can expose these writers mm-hmm. to a greater audience, to the to the white world, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's 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 what the main goal is, is. So what I thought was the main goal is, and what it should be. And that's why I say, um you know, social media tends to take us out of focus on what's really important. We want Mm. to make content that's going to get us likes and followers and we want a certain number of, you know, you know, you want a number of followings because you can monetize on those platforms. But if Facebook, i.e. Instagram, crashes... Ah, see now where are you what can you do will your business still survive will your brand still survive do you have another way to reach your audience does your audience know of these additional channels in which they can engage with you so um that's one aspect of it and I don't know what it is I think it's I would say I don't even think it's a particular genre I just think when it's um, black people and you know marginalized voices we feel like we're we we're fighting for that one spot in the in the bigger picture, you know, um, I guess subconsciously we believe that there only be a summer, a certain number of number one black people at yeah. huh? in certain positions, but that's that's not the case. Um, and it doesn't have to be that way. And a lot of times we become competitive when we don't have to be. And I see that a lot on social media. Um, it can get a lot of clickish um, when you have uh, a lot of written text. Things get misconstrued. It's hard to uh-huh. convey emotion and sarcasm and, in, in, you know, social media messages and things like that so it can be a blessing and it can be a curse um i say for big black chapters so the whole major you know focus for our social media pages was to get people to go to our website mm-hmm. as far right. as the group it's just to interact with each other
3: uh-huh.
4: so and
3: and i'll add as far as with the group it's, it's definitely something that you want to take advantage of because there's not enough. I don't I don't know of another space out there like that. And then I sometimes feel like people come into the group and they're they're not taking advantage of the space the way they should, as in growing. And I mean, we, we put a lot of work into there trying to get interaction as far as helping people market and helping people. We put writing prompts and writing exercises to help you grow your craft. And then you know, of course there's just some people on the on the Facebook that are just there to promote and, and drop their links. And one, I don't I don't think that's a good practice, and two, it's definitely not a good practice in the group because you're you're dropping your links to a whole bunch of people that are doing exactly the same thing as you. So, you know, your 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 link is not reaching the correct audience. And that's what the group is for to teach you that hey, this may not be the place to drop your link. This may be the place to ask, how do I find my audience? How do I figure out where to drop my link? But then, you know, you have people in there that don't take advantage of that. So that's one of the fallbacks for, uh, for social media as well. That people, people see, oh, there's a big cluster, a group of people. Let me drop this link. Instead of actually reading the room and figuring out what's going on in the group to take get the get the most out of it i think that's a fallback of social media as well
0: and i do like what you all said about being number one on google mm-hmm. and quant and quality over quantity mm-hmm. because again we know we know that social media is made for clicks like mm-hmm. people to for people to put themselves out there and have the world look at them mm-hmm. but as i but as i say often as far as, especially as it relates to writing, especially as it relates to, you know, getting your work out, their, social media is a means to an end. It's cool. And just as Raquel said, if Facebook were to crash tomorrow, Mm -hmm. you know, know we know that, uh, you know, quote-unquote big pages, only 5,000 people can follow you Mm -hmm. before you have to to create another page. Mm -hmm. You know, Instagram, for whatever reason, no one really knows the magical uh, algorithm for, Mm -hmm. um, to be best to get the blue check on Instagram mm-hmm. or now or the blue check on TikTok and don't let you be black on TikTok mm-hmm. trying to get the blue check. So that's a whole that's a whole other yeah, whole other situation. But just as Raquel said, you need to be able to be found even if the major channels by which you've put yourself on mm-hmm. are no longer available. You still need to be able to maneuver in this world stands and app. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, again, big black chapters here as, you know, a resource, as it were, is invaluable. And I think on some end, that that begins to sort out and sift. Mm-hmm. As my grandma would say, it begins to sift who really wants this versus who is just here looking. And it's okay that you're here looking. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Because if you're here looking, that means you're interested. That means that you're in support. That means you can put other people on. That's awesome. Yes. But you also need to understand but you also need to understand that you know that looking is twofold just as you're looking people are looking at you too because if people just see that all all he does all he does is just just drop links you don't share anything you don't you don't uh you don't say good morning you don't Mm -hmm. you don't do do anything by which to help engage and push the whole collective forward Mm -hmm. people watch for that too yes so again which is why i think it's it's essential if you are if you are a writer again you know, Levy Ajayi Jones says, you know, if you're embracing that title of writer, there are things that come along with that. And I understand not everybody is there yet because, you know, being a writer, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's scary because the first thing first thing people think is you're not making any money. Mm-hmm. The, first, the first thing people and, or what I've what I've been told, you know, for the seven years, I've really been in really been hustling at this and, you know, really grinding my craft out, really embracing this journey the other thing that people tell you is aside from you know you don't you're not making any money or people the second thing you do here is people don't read mm-hmm. and we know that's we you know that's an out and out lie
2: mm-hmm. or you know
0: or the other lie from uh the pit of the pit of the hell that's right of the block is you know black folk don't read that's the real that can we stop saying that mm-hmm. can we can we stop on that lie, white friend? yes right here right now black people do read black people write books there are black writers tyler perry can't make all the movies can i just <laughs> say that yes For- A- ava Duvernay Ber- can't cannot be in every room mm-hmm. oprah is almost 70 can we just like there, there has to be some people who come behind mm-hmm. and build on that definitely you know, and one of the things I love about Ava DuVernay is that she actually started off with PR. She wasn't "quote unquote" a writer. She kind of fell in. I shouldn't say fell in. It's John DeRama just to say, you know, writers fall in. That she moved her gaze toward toward this portion of creativity. Mm-hmm. So you know, again, here now with big black chapters on the writer's block, we are stomping out the lie of white supremacy that says black people do not read. Mm-hmm. 'Cause they do. Black people write books as well. Now <laughs> that that we that we put uh we put uh that ladder risk. And I'll what I'll, I'll
3: add on to that. I think they know that's a lot, otherwise they wouldn't try to infiltrate and make books Ooh. catering to us as we recently okay. saw. I think they know that. I think it's just something they perpetuate to keep us out of the industry. But they know we read. Mm. They know we read and they know we write.
0: Ooh, and, and sometimes and sometimes right well yes. and better than what and, and better than what is what is currently available mm-hmm. So we going to put a we put a pin in that cuz that's a whole that's a dissertation right there <laughs> we what we're, we're, we're going to get we're going to get into that you know as you know since all three of us here are country girls we going we going to let we going to let that bread for that dress and dry out a little bit more <laughs> before we get into it we going we going to let that dry out a little bit more before we get into it the macaroni is boiling you know the we, we we got it together. Just pay attention. We're washing the green. <laughs> the meal the meal is being prepared. The meal is being prepared. With the current demand for black artists, what do you think is essential to motivate or nurture writers?
3: Um, I think definitely they have to have a passion behind the craft. You can't just write to try to make a quick book because I think if you if you if you're just writing to make money, you're gonna fizzle out and you're gonna give up. If it's not really your passion, if it's not really something that you would do for free. Because let's face it, in the beginning, for the most part, you if you're an indie author, you are gonna be doing it for free. You may even be doing it at a deficit because you're gonna have to be paying for everything as far if you're really serious about it, as far as editing, as far as getting a graphic designer, as far as marketing you're gonna to have to come out of pocket for all of that so definitely you have to have a passion behind wanting to actually be a writer you also have to really study your crafts as far as not only your writing crafts you have to study your market you have to find your audience and going back to social media being some people's downfall you know you find some of these authors with with so many followers and so many so many likes or what have you, but it's not for their writing, it's for you know, them sharing memes or them having funny videos, well that's not your that's not right. your audience, so yeah those, those people may like your posts, but they're not reading your books or buying your work because that's not your audience so you definitely have to take that into account as well on social media um, yeah, so I, uh, that I, that's my thought process On um, just like I said, you have to be you have to be passionate about it. And you have to really know, you need to know the business and you need to know um, the actual craft of writing.
4: Um, I think also, um, as far as um, indie artists go, is um, doing your research. Um, not just about writing, but publishing, whether it's indie or traditional. Um, Learning about the ins and outs, studying genre expectations um, as far as plots and covers and marketing, um, making connections outside the box, Um, making connections with not just other Black romance authors, make connections with Dare I say it? White PR pr professionals and things like that, because they hold the power. Um, At least they hold more power than you do at the moment. So um, I would encourage black artists to ride this woke wave, as I call it. Um, A lot of times we like to be proud. Proud, we are proud for people. You know, prideful people. But Mm -hmm. sometimes you know you got to step back and look at the bigger picture you know we a lot of times we don't see the forest for the trees um you know and we're all you know black people are suspicious um you know someone's always out to scam us or something like that um a lot of the times we just haven't done our research or it's a lack of communication so right. um <clears throat> I'm, I would encourage um, Black writers at this time to make connections with allies, as they call themselves, because like I said, it's a woke wave happening at the moment. Um, just big Black chapters, you, you, the increase in communications from outside the Black community after George Floyd's death I noticed the difference. So... Right. You ride the wave, you know? It, it might just land you a break.
0: Exactly. I mean, one of the things that uh, I am I'm learning as, uh, as an author, aside from the text, the text stuff, you can always learn how to be a better writer. The one thing that... Um, and I think you touched on that also, Raquel, and Tiffany, I think you did as well that you have to be able to begin to start building your network Mm -hmm. you you have to build you have to build your network not just as an indie author but as a writer too because either because either either one of those things are going to be able to be a skeleton in a room you can which means that you can you can go in to people again who are published know the struggle of self-publishing and marketing and things like that but also that gift that you have to putting you know thought on page that gets you in a whole lot of other rooms Mm -hmm. Because then people wanna understand people wanna as uh, Raquel said, now with us riding this woke this wolf wave, everybody wants something. Everybody now, the gaze, the greater, you know, white gaze is is shifting towards minority mm-hmm. writers. And, you know, not that it's to be explo- you know, exploitative, but on some level it feels that way. But at the same time, at the same time as my as my uh, fa- as my father would say, you know, you can steal over the pen, than you can't with a gun. Mm-hmm. So if you, want, if you want my time and attention for what it is I'm creating, we need to have a lunch. We need to have a meeting. You know, it's, it's okay to have, you know, that healthy suspicion of, again, you know, what, why are you over here? What's going on? Especially, with, uh, especially in the arts, with the uh, reputation being as, de- as detrimental as it is, as destructive as it is, as to how often that Black talent was poached, mimicked, erased, and stolen and integrate it into, into greater white culture. I mean, one of the things that I, the most glaring uh, example of this outside of writing is music.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, in uh, the Ken Burns documentary Jazz, you know, there were uh, these, you know, these four white guys who were down, they created jazz. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, no, you, no, you did. no, you didn't. No, you didn't. No. No, you didn't. You know, so um, I really believe that in being able, as Raquel said, to make those, to make those uh, alliances, to a- to ask those questions, to put as I, as I, one of my good girlfriends, who actually uh, does the Awakenings Project, you know, shouts the to Mercy in the in, in the Awakening Project, who is indeed an accomplice. We have this uh, phrase that we that we started using, saying which uh, those putting people in the room. Mm-hmm. Or bring people in the room. If you know that you know you're an indie author, and you and you know that the space that you're in is not black enough, who do you know that you can put in the room? Mm-hmm. What in the room, do you do you think you can have a connection with? Say, hey, you know what? I understand y'all are doing this, conference, but you know, have you talked to Tiffany and Raquel? They they run excellent. They run they run this they run this platform, and they have their social media presence. This you need to give them a call. Or you know I, know, I know, I know this is you know, uh, and I and I speak her name often on the particular portion of the of the internet. You know, my girl Tanya Ransom, who does the podcast Nightlight. Like, mm-hmm. Anytime, anytime that I'm in a, in a, a space that is indie indie author or indie writer or podcasting, I say, hey, I you know, I pull her, I take her in the room with me. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, have you, have you have you considered this? You know, have you spoken to her? So uh, one of the reasons why I believe. That um, we as our black creatives need that installation of a community, of, of, as, as well as that ability to expand that community is that's how we get exposure. That's how we get resources. That's how we know how to you know study markets and understand what, understand you know what's popping right now and what needs and what needs to be discussed and who needs to be discussed in order to move you know this particular portion of the art forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not, it's not good enough for me to say you know I'm a part of big black chapters and I know Tiffany and, and Raquel that's great but you know Jen do you support Tiffany and Raquel that's a uh, that's a that's a whole mm-hmm. other that's a whole other conversation mm-hmm. you can know somebody and not support them mm-hmm. because we know in this you know, like Raquel said in this woke wave it's a whole lot of people who are attaching and not supporting mm-hmm. you know I know them okay if you know them name three books that Tiffany's mm-hmm. written you know Raquel, what else does she do other, aside from that? Exactly. You know, do you, share do you share anything? Exactly. You know, do you is you, um with your ear on social media? You know, who else do you know? Who else do you know in their group that needs to be put on?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or have you have you considered you know, uh, or have you considered you know putting a bug in their a bug in their ear through you know the the uh, resource of social media, especially in this case Facebook, to say. Hey, how did you? I see that y'all are doing this. Have you considered talking to this person? See, that's how, that's how you. That's how we begin to get more exposure, you know. And I and Tyra Banks talked about this in her time modeling. You know, here, here we go t- telling our age for real. But she said that when she was modeling, there was only one other black supermodel, and that was Naomi Campbell. Mm-hmm. But how they were pitted against each other in media,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it, felt, it looked as if. There cannot be two pretty
2: mm-hmm.
0: and successful black women in the same industry at the same time. One had to be better. And this, I believe, is one of the detriments to us as to us as a people. The door doesn't end with negroes; exactly. It shouldn't end. The the lie of white supremacy will say only so many ex- exceptional Negroes can be in here at one time and then that's mm-hmm. it
3: and then That's the thing that people also i think need to um realize is I, I i pride myself on whenever i come across somebody's book or or their podcast or whatever might have you i i share it because one it doesn't cost me anything to share it. and two i've i've come to realize especially on social media that people are more receptive to a recommendation of your work from somebody else than they are to yourself mm-hmm. promoting because I don't. I then you self promote, you know, they're like, "Well, of course, she's promoting her own stuff because it's, it's her." But when you share someone else's work, they're like, "Oh, well, she likes this. I know she likes to read. I know she, you know, they'll they're more likely to consider your work when they share from an outside source than from you constantly just dropping your link everywhere for them. You know, they're just gonna ignore that because it's it's you promoting your own your own brand which of course you're going to sure. do because it's yours. But then when they, when they see someone else doing it, you know, it kind of, it kind of sparks an interest because they know, you know, they may know something of the other person that is, is, you know, they're like-minded or they have the same, they like to read the same books as you are. So I definitely, um, uh-huh. like you said, encourage people to, it, we're, we're all, yeah, we're all writers and yet yeah, we're all, um, marketing to the same people but you know they're not they're not just reading one author they're reading multiple books they're reading multiple authors so it's not taking anything away from you to showcase somebody else's work exactly i mean and again the
0: thing that um i i see often is again this this uh, twisted Negro exceptionalism mm-hmm. like, I, there, like there like there, can't be so many there cannot be but that but that goes to uh, the insecurity of people who practice white supremacy mm-hmm. you know this this uh this wave mm-hmm. of black talent actually blotting out all this mediocrity because there are some books that i have that i have you know going through walmart again just you know quick you know uh tip for those who want who want to necessarily uh branch out into different genres do not be afraid to just peruse through bookstores. Be active when it's selling. And then here's another thing, especially for, um, you know, indie authors looking to make connections. All these independent bookstores, they love indie authors. Mm-hmm. It, 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 may, it may cost you a little bit, but if you have an extra copy of your book laying around the house, give it to them with a, with a letter and your card. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm coming out with this, but that but that's how you begin to build these networks out. Sometimes it takes that it takes that uh, the initiative to say, "This is what I need. How do I get it?" And being humble enough to ask, and <laughs> being humble enough to ask for help, yeah. realize that there's there's always a piece of this uh, of this writing journey that we that you don't have, and it's so and it's okay to say you don't have it, but the the shame comes in. When you believe you do, and we see you don't, mm-hmm. and then you want to get mad when uh, somebody who you know who is running the same race as you says, "Well, have you tried this?" and then you get in mm-hmm. And there's always a portion. Of, there's always a portion to writing that will have you be teachable and and will require you to be humble. Oh,
3: definitely. You you can you can all. There's always room to grow
0: in all aspects. And right. And speaking. And speaking of growing. Where do you all see big black chapters in like the next five years? I know y'all have been at this for a minute. Yes. Um, so what, where do you see it going next? Definitely like Raquel said,
3: staying number one on Google. Uh, I think our end goal, I know I'll, I'll answer for myself and then I'll let Raquel answer as well. Um, I know my end goal is for us to just be a, a full-blown publishing house and, and having all the... All the all the um, aspects of that, as far as marketing, you know, book covers, editing, publishing the book, um, like a real a real regular publishing house for indie authors
4: of color. That that's where I, I I see us in the future. Um, I would say I see that as well. Um, I'm thinking more along the lines of like a black. Publishing media empire. Um mm. books, magazines.
3: Don't don't give me no movie studio now. Hey. I'm working. I, I might it all. Hey, speak it. I, I, look speak it. it look. think it. Making movies and all of that. It could happen. It happen. <laughs> it
4: yeah. it. I mean it, I mean that's the goal. I'm trying to be like Khadijah mm. James.
0: hmm
4: Come on. Uh, uh, you better tell them. You better tell the kids about yeah, this. I'm trying to, I'm you better tell the best. kids I about About I mean, when, when I talk, thought about the branding, when I thought about like what I wanted, the you know, when people think about Big Black Chapters, the brand, the thoughts, the mood. Um, I want that Martin and living single and living color school days, eighties, nineties vibe. Um, you know that's the era for me and mm-hmm. and I think that's also a period in time where we had so many black movies and TV and books and cartoons it was really a good time for black artists and that just so happened mm-hmm. to be the time mm-hmm. that we grew up and were influenced by so right <laughs>
0: But I, I love that. I love that you brought up these so for, so for the so for the younger uh, writers who are in these episodes upon this portion of the podcast, the show "Living Single" mm-hmm. and all Black people know this: "Living Single" is what the creators of Friends ripped mm-hmm. off. So we all know that Friends is the white version of Living Single. Yeah. Now, with that out, with that out the way on Living Single and I think Living single's on. I think it's on I believe it is yes so you had so for you know I was born in 81 so by the time that Living Single was out I was in you know I was in middle school I was in middle school when Mark was out <laughs> I was in I think 7th grade I was in 7th grade when like the Cosby show ended so I so I remember what it looked like being you know this girl who could write you know because by, by middle school you know that was that was who I was you know if you need a poem, go 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 find them. But or you know, but you know, that's the value of uh, of black teachers who, who pay attention to their students. But I remember on living single, there was Regine. Regine was a fashionista. We all know that she was gonna she was going always have a bag and the shoes and that everything was together. Mm-hmm. We knew that Sinclair, we knew that Sinclair was goofy, that's all right. We all need a goofy ticket <laughs> the click, that's fine, cool. You know, sometimes she can get you out a ticket, it's all right, whatever. And we know that Maxine was this powerful, beautiful, uh, black woman who took no stuff from anybody, mm-hmm. and you know that that was amazing. And it was, but it was Khadijah I was always drawn to. Mm-hmm. And we again for the, for uh, the younger listeners again, it's Living Singles on Hulu. Khadija Jane owned the fictional magazine Flavor. Mm-hmm. She had an office. She had office space. She was making money. She had a whole <laughs> staff. You know, she mm-hmm. Had a whole bro. When when I when I'm like I am like when I when I become a writer, mm-hmm. I need that mm-hmm. everything everything mm-hmm. got, I need. You know, she had the office with no doors, but ain't, but ain't nobody trip off that because that was that was that was her cubicle with no wall. <laughs> you no, know, she put up she put her cousin on. Right, come on. Right. So. In seeing that as a young, as a budding young black writer, that was, that was incredible to me because that let, that let me know it was possible. Right. Because sometimes all you need, especially as a burgeoning writer, is to know that it's possible. Mm-hmm. You need to, you need to see that somebody is doing the exact same thing that you want to do and has become successful at it. So I remember, I remember watching uh, Living Single, not just because I was a fan of Queen with but because this woman who looked like me on this you know on this pretend show right in new york the place i wanted to be at was right was doing the thing that i wanted to do because i was the girl that was i would like uh get the track date myself in i would get the i would get news i would get uh i would cut articles out my favorite people on from uh, newspapers I would like get notebook paper, like make my own little magazine. Right. I would re- I would rewrite articles and put like pen names on it. <laughs> like, I, like I—that's what I was doing because I'm like clearly, if this, if she can do mm-hmm. it, maybe, maybe I, maybe I can too. And I think the thing, thing that was
3: she- really inspiring about her is not only that she was a writer, but she made her own table. She didn't. She could just work for the magazine. She yes,
0: owned. She owned yes, the ring magazine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Girl, I'm like because I'm I'm like she got a whole like she got a whole floor <laughs> in a whole building with like 20 people here paying the people mm-hmm. and, and I'm like this is this is incredible this is incredible this is incredible which goes into the questions that I must that I must know how did how did you all come to your writing journey, what inspired you, or what led you to be a writer? Can you describe your writing journey for me?
3: Um, for me, I, I started writing in the ninth grade. I had an English teacher, Coach Paul. He was very encouraging. Uh, I definitely started writing poetry, and from poetry, you just um, snowballed into short short stories, and then songwriting, and eventually into novels, and. Um, I've just been dabbling and growing and learning basically ever since then.
4: Um, For me, um, I've always been a writer, I guess. Um, I used to, you know, write stories and read them to my my parents and things like that. Um, But for me, when I realized that, um, when I really started to take it seriously, um, I was in junior high school and we had an assignment um, where we had to write a fictional story and my story was selected. Um, I forgot the author's name, but it was it was a book about... the Lo- Was it the Lotus Blossom? I don't know. It was a children's book. I forget the name. I forgot the author, but I won that writing contest and I got to meet the writer and I was in the newspaper and had my photo with her. And so that was a big deal for, you know, my mom and my family. And that's when I really realized that I could write and that people liked reading it. Um, mm-hmm. But then life happened and I kind of got out of that and went into the business side and and got an accounting degree and lived life. But I will say my best friend, Tiffany. Is the reason why mm-hmm. I'm writing again now. Um, we always talked about writing a book together. Um, we just never did it. <laughs> Stay tuned because we we, we doing time it time now. now. Yes, <laughs> but she really, you know, she's the one who started sharing her writing um, publicly first, and I was very apprehensive. Um, I have very bad anxiety i you know, I'm, I don't put myself out there like that. It's difficult for me. Um, But she really, really, you know, pepped me up, told me to do it, you know, because I don't write what people expect that I should write. (laughs) Put it like that. So, um, you know, and the feedback. That I got in return was overwhelming, and I never would have imagined it. And I, I never would have done it if it wasn't for my friend pumping my head up like she does so well. Hey, we're gonna <laughs> we're
3: gonna write even if I'm it. Like, if I'm the only person reading it, right? And, and that's and it, That's comment, it. Hey, that's it. Hey, that's all we're
4: gonna do. And so pretty much that's like how oh that's our entire relationship. We just pump each other up, and you know. We write stories for each other,
0: and in the writing stories for each other, you have now opened up a whole other space for other writers to glean from. Right. That. Mm-hmm. So that is that is incredible, and uh, I remember, uh, as far as my own writing journey, I remember, and I believe I've shared this on the podcast before. I've always had a very active imagination, mm-hmm. so I've been I've been a storyteller. Before I could even mm-hmm. write, so to, you know, telling my mom dreams and stuff that I had, and all these, all these other things. And then once I learned how to write, it was over. Mm-hmm. So I remember being uh, eight years old, and I was writing something about, you know, the rain because I was in class. Because so here in uh, for St. Louis public, I can't speak for Texas or uh, or Louisiana in, some, in certain cases. I know that's where that's where Tiffany's from. I
3: am. I am.
0: But, hey, mm-hmm. turn up. But the, but what they did for uh, you know for kids in a uh, St. Louis public school system where I where I started school, whenever you know for the report cards up here, they would have you know they would have a section for behavior, you know, so you have satisfactory, needs improvement, mm-hmm. or unsatisfactory. So I would constantly get ends in behavior. Mm-hmm. I would constantly get ends in behavior. So my so my mother, who uh, is a dedicated Langston Hughes fan. She said to me, "Start taking a book with you when you go to class. When you get done with your work, read. So that so that so that way you're you're contained. Can't nobody say you're doing nothing. Do that and and so So I've been carrying books with me since forever, right? So so at eight, I was like, you know, at my desk, and I was writing something about like the rain. And I gave it to I gave it to my teacher, that Constance Kelly, at the time of this recording." I am 39 years old, which means that Miss Kelly is either retired, or uh, or she's a or she's a very old or she's an older woman. She was like a second. She was like a second or first or second year teacher when she started when she started teaching our third grade class. And I remember that I gave it to her, white lady. I was I gave it to her, and um, maybe like a maybe a week later, she gave it back to me and said these words: "You're good at this." You should keep writing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that less than less than ten words changed my entire mm-hmm. life. And I remember going into uh, fourth grade in uh, Miss Annie Green. Who she was, me. Who <laughs> uh, she was, me. Uh, imagine, imagine uh, a grandma, a real grandma teaching. That was Miss. That was Miss Green. And I remember her. She was the first teacher who actually gave me a journal. So she actually gave me the authority to write my thoughts down. So for those for those two teachers, you know, it it is it. I am humble, and again through acts that I, I think they really couldn't kind of conceptualize exactly how profound they would be. That they actually rescued me from depression and everything else. So they get they gave me an outlet mm-hmm. to say, I can't handle this. Let, let me get let me get this out of my head and see what and see what's going on. <clears throat> so shout to teach shout to teachers and edu- and educators who see brilliance in their mm-hmm. students and speak to it and don't and will not allow them to roll over on it. Mm-hmm. So, so shout shouts to that. And I, I get choked up every every time I think about it because all she said was, You're you're good at this. You should keep writing. Yeah. And she just kinda and she kinda just left me, you know, gave it to me, left and left it to that. So wherever Miss Kelly is, I thank you. Um, and for and for that, what inspires both of you as far as it relates to writing? Because I know that, you know, uh with you know, motherhood and again at, at the time of this particular um show recording, Texas is digging out a, a, a for real winter. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and uh <laughs> <laughs> so, so what inspires you both as it relates to writing and creating? I know that Patel, you said you write the erotica that they don't think uh black women should really write about, and I know Tiffany that you actually have are coming off the of the color line and 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 also the book A Year in Haiku. All those things that we don't know, but what inspires you all to write? Like, where do you get where do you get your ideas from?
4: um I get my ideas from life, um, experiences that I'm going through, but I will say that the first real storybook series that I'm writing, working, putting out is partially completed. Um, The characters and the organizations in that book have taken on a life of their own. And so, I mean, we have so many possible characters and plot lines and scenarios that we could draw from that would keep us writing books for years. I mean, it's books upon books um, with the same cast, Just, just how it's set up. Um, that allows us to do that. So right now, it's not so much where does the inspiration come from? The inspiration is already there. It's just (laughs) finding the time and having enough creativity at the moment to proceed with moving forward. So um, that's where it is. Everything I do writing-wise... Um, It's for my great-grandmother and her sixth-grade education. She always told me that I was the smartest girl she ever knew and she just wanted me to be smart and, you know, they just talked about how smart I was and, you know, I don't feel smart. I never felt like this smart person. But to my great-grandmother, I was a genius. So every time I complete something every time I learn something it's really for her and that's what inspires me um you know I'm trying to build a media empire for my kids a legacy for my kids
2: hey come on Um, that's it
4: you know I'm not trying to be the next Zane I'm trying to be the first Raquel so oh you know, take them to church, Raquel. Take them to church, Yeah. But that's where all that's yes. where the drive and the inspiration comes from. It's just, I don't know if it's an ancestor in there whose dream got stubbed out too short or what it is, but you know, it's something in me that tells me, even though I go weeks without writing a single word, hmm. okay, you need to put something on the page. It's, it literally, like, the feeling is there that I have to put some work on a story. Some character is speaking to me. And that just, that just keeps me going, keeps me driving, and keeps me writing.
3: Um, For me, I'll say, um, for me, my poetry is, I'll say that's real life, realistic inspiration, Whatever I'm kind of going through, poetry is kind of like a journal or um, sometimes a diary. As far as uh, what I write, and and then I kind of with my my novels, that's more of the the, the fantasy, make believe, hope for the future type of. Um, that's kind of where that inspiration comes from with my novels. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, that I mean that's this is basically the answer for me <laughs> um i mean like i said my, my poetry stems I'm, I'm very much a hopeless romantic i'm yes. very much all about love all about my heart's always on my sleeve so i mean whatever you read for me it's, it's gonna have some kind of element of love She's and it's gonna break your heart <laughs> is going to have some kind of element of love and then uh, like you said I like horror so you know it might have an element of love and then somebody might be getting murked up in their serial killer style so
4: <laughs> we love true crime
3: but, right well
4: you know
0: but <laughs> which, dove, which dovetails wonderfully into uh, the interview that uh, will be will be which has aired uh, with uh, Jean Nicole River. Mm-hmm. so her, her interview was actually very, very thought provoking. So that, so I am looking forward to, uh, what, um, uh, Tiffany thinks of, 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 uh, Miss Jean, Miss Jean Nicole, because she indeed is brilliant. And I look forward to every, I look forward to everything mm-hmm. that she is actually doing. And then, uh, she and I actually said that we were actually going to watch, uh, I believe we said we were going to streamline, uh, Candyman and then do like a live reaction. Mm-hmm. So I'll, so I will definitely keep y'all posted on that because that might that might have to be an event. Yeah, I've, I've been waiting I'll, on I'll that be- one.
3: I'm like, come on, Jordan, where my movie is, but I've been waiting on that
0: <laughs> one. <laughs> but I I definitely believe that that should that should be an event as well. But as we begin to wind up time kind of together, because again, this has been this has been so rich. Again, the macaroni <laughs> has been baked. It's perfect. It's golden brown. The green, the greens, and the greens are not tough because we know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, the dress, the dressing, the dressing got just enough paprika on the top. This is the ham is good. The kids is eating. This is good. This is this is so amazing. But the one thing that I before I cannot leave this particular space without asking you all this particular question: What is the best advice you have gotten as a writer, and the best advice you have given as a writer? Uh,
3: for me, I definitely will say the best advice I have gotten. I believe it's Toni Morrison. If you haven't written, if if there's a story that you want to hear that hasn't been written, then you need to write it. I'll definitely say that's the quote that always really resonates with me. Um, I guess my personal quote would be, um, always be honest and true to yourself and write what you want to write because your tribe will find you whoever is meant to read your work like your audience will gravitate you don't have to you don't have to emulate anybody else you don't have to write like anybody else whatever you write eventually um somebody will enjoy your work and and you know it'll be a word of mouth or or it'll just somebody will just stumble across it and it'll really resonate and i'm always very um Grateful when I come across those comments, or somebody inboxes me and says, "Hey, this really um, struck a chord," and that that feedback is is very necessary. So anybody listening, um, we writers, we, we really do love to hear your feedback. Um, love it, um, especially if it's positive. <laughs> love it. especially if it's positive, and you know we touch you in some kind of way. But even if it's negative and it's 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 um um constructive criticism. We, we're receptive to that as well because we, we need that information as well to grow so definitely don't be afraid to reach out to an author that has really um struck a chord with you and let them know that that they did that because that really does um resonate uh well with us and I, sometimes it's, it's even motivation for us right. to keep writing because um sometimes you know we, we all have doubts and we all have um you know, is this really my path? Is this really my... Um... But I will say, I, I've i really connected with knowing that this is my calling, because even when I do the bare minimum with it, um, it just goes to the extreme heights. Like, it really just takes me... Even, even when I'm not actively pursuing it, she's God, talented. you know, kind of shows me this is where I need to be. <laughs> <She's talented. laughs> because it, it just... It just, um... She's it scared. just kind of opportunities come out of out of nowhere to let me know that i need to continue um writing and 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 definitely big black chapters as well i mean we both it's just me and raquel and we both we have our own personal lives and our personal struggles and everything that we go through and even when we don't get to actively work on it as much as we want to i mean we we didn't reach out to publishers weekly publishers weekly came to us they came in our inbox same with lulu so you know it, it just it just affirms uh that we're both on the right path doing what we we should be doing. Okay.
4: Well, the best writing advice I've received and I guess most, I mean Stephen King said it, James Baldwin, um just so many writers, just write. Just mm-hmm. write. Um I'm horrible at that, and I'm still trying to break the habit of being a mood writer where things have to be the right mood. I have to be in the right headspace to put words on a page. Um, That hinders me a lot, Um, but I mean, if I stuck to writing 250 words a day like Stephen King does, I'd probably be on my 15th series by now. And all he does is write 250 words a day. That's his goal. I read... Girl! I read his book. What is that book? On Writing. On Writing. On Writing. Yeah. On Writing. He says after he has breakfast with his wife, he sits down and his goal is a page. 250 words, double spaced, Microsoft Word. When you break it down like that, Mm -hmm. that's not a lot. And... Right. If... You know i would say that consistency that that habit um if i could take that advice and really stick to it i would be a better writer for sure um i'd be done with my series we have our
3: second headmaster
4: yeah. Published. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> as we continue, the, the the best advice, the best advice I have given other writers, and this is particularly like erotica writers, um, because writing sex is easy and it's hard. I'll say it like that. Um, right. there's only so many ways. You can describe body parts. You know what I mean? There's only so many ways you can describe sex. And that's where the creativity and the fun comes in. So a lot of times, um, you know, when that self-doubt creeps in or you're editing and, you know, you're reading your work and you're like, this is trash. uh, I always tell, you know, specifically romance and erotica writers, just go read A chapter of Fifty Shades of Grey. Just pick a page just pick a line and start reading. That woman made millions off a book that's really not that good and no you know what I'm saying I'm not trying to blast the lady I'm not you know what I'm saying like I'm not trying to come for her but if she can do it you can write your story somebody will like it. Look at how many people like that. Look at how many people love that. Look at how many people said they never read a book to completion uh, until it was that book. And it's not Uh because of the good writing. Don't worry about the writing. It's because of the story. And we all have a story. So tell the story. Don't get so caught up in the writing. You can fix that later. So... That's the advice that I give, you know, erotica and romance writers who come to me looking for advice. That's a that's a short <laughs> list, but you know, um, that's the advice that I would give them. Just go read Fifty Shades of Grey. You'll be all right. <laughs> that was lemonade
0: by fan shade. It's, it, it's it's not shade. It's, it's an acknowledgement that if she can, you it's can.
2: True. Keep it's true. It's true. It's sure.
0: Oh, well, I know that Raquel needs to be back on needs to be back on the show as, as far as it relates to erotica writers and things and things of that nature, which I'm sure that show will be coming in, in the coming season. Yes. But the, but the one thing that I must I must also announce is that the lovely Raquel will be will be doing an erotica writing workshop. So we are looking forward to details for that as they become available. Yes,
4: I will be but, uh, posting uh, it on the on the blog um, making an announcement um, with the dates and it's going to be included in our weekly Wednesday write-in sessions which happen every Wednesday in the group from 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. So anyone is welcome. Come and join us.
0: Good. I, I participated in that and that was actually a, a wonderful you know a wonderful place to just uh, brainstorm focus refocus and uh, and cut up every and cut up every so often <laughs> but as as we in this particular show know that you all are welcome to come back know that I appreciate everything that you all are doing know that it is needed and necessary and truly y'all are out here doing God's work because again encouraging writers is is a is a call in itself because not everybody, not everybody has that uh, fortitude to look at someone else's gift and tell them that they can, mm-hmm. and not be and not be intimidated by that. Because again, I'm I'm a big believer of if I win, we
3: definitely, win.
0: definitely. So if yeah. I, so if I know that I know someone who's writing a book and needs someone to help them to write a book, I'm going to plug them in. To to what they need, the, the, the goal being that the work needs to be created. As I love to say on, on this particular pod, podcast and this particular platform, the work will all, will always be there. Even if you take a break from it, even if life happens, the work will always be there. And that is one of the joys of this craft that it, it is always it is always something to write about. And uh, as uh, our dearly uh, departed uh, Tony Morrison, who would have been ninety. This month, uh, she said that um, writers do their best work in times of in times of uh, up, uphe- up, upheaval and turmoil. And mm-hmm. she also said that she also said that uh, my authenticity comes from the street, whether I've been there or mm-hmm. not. And uh, so, with with that being said, we know there is much more to do, much more to be done. And it is through um, platform sharing and and, uh, the acknowledgement of the writers who are writing alongside you is how we all win. That is, that I really want that to be the takeaway for this particular show. That as I go forward, we all can go forward because it's it's the, you know, the responsibility of uh, Black writers is not just on one person's shoulders. It's It's the community. And the community has to continue to be built. It can't just it can't just uh be something that we do, you know, online. Mm-hmm. I know with I know with COVID that we're all kind of we're all in our own social pods and kind of doing you know the best we can. Mm-hmm. But that but that community needs to continually it needs to continually be fostered, watered, guarded, weeded mm-hmm. out even if the need it need be necessary. Because again, if uh, you know one of my heroes, nor I look, I have to look her up yesterday. Nora Roberts has written 225 books. She's a G. Right. Nora Roberts was writing for like 10 years before somebody picked her mm-hmm.
2: up.
0: But she, she said she was writing and I love the story and she shares it often. She started writing because her kids were home and she was snowed in <laughs> and she had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So from a snowstorm and children that were getting on her nerves, <laughs> she created this. And um, so, from that again, writing is one of those things you can do at any time, any place, and anywhere. And now, with the advent of an invention of smartphones, you can you can uh, begin a novel and track Definitely. you know there 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 have been times where I, where I literally have brainstormed and uh, been waiting on my kids to do something, and just put on my, and oh my put gosh. on my voice recorder just and speak that idea, so I don't lose it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can, I can always come back mm-hmm. to it once it's written down or recorded. <clears throat> but the thing is, if I don't acknowledge that that gift is there, then I lose it. And then I panic. Like, I should have just written that down. Now I don't know what it yeah. is. <laughs> so I don't know what it is. And, you know, which goes back to the show that I did. I want to say a couple of seasons ago, you know, ten. You know, uh, the 10 lies that writers sell themselves. One of, one of them is I'll write it down later. Mm-hmm. Later, later never yeah. comes. <laughs> later, later never get there <clears throat> but as we close the show can you tell can you tell the listening audience where they can find you all on social media of, of course you know big black chapters and their social media will be in the show notes where can they specifically find you all
3: uh, for me all of my handles on social media is um, at tb the writer uh, uh, across all platforms
4: Um. well where do I begin Um. if you're looking for my alter ego her name is Liza, Liza Bankston, if you're nasty. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Um, my professional side of things, my business, my freelance work, um, you can find me at Raquel Writes Content. Um, that's the business name, blog URL, and my handles. Um, across the board and everything else is at Raquel Shante S-H-A-N-T-E
0: Awesome so again all that will be in the show notes and it has been a grace. it has been so good to actually have you all on the program you are than welcome to come back and I invite you all to come back again the same the same open door sweet tea <laughs> and a meal that you all shared with the, with the breeze and these fans as we as we begin to uh make these meals more often, yes. I extend that I extend that same door with that same peach <laughs> top for dessert with that, with that with that same energy when you when you all come back. And it has been it is it has been so good to have y'all on the show. And I wish you all nothing but continued success, good uh good reviews, positive constructive, constructive criticism. Uh, five-star uh, recommendations on Amazon and as a side note if you get um, I believe if, if you get 50 reviews then your then your work can be circulated into what people should read mm-hmm. so that is why it is essential that you review and star uh, in the office that they because ha- Amazon we know is like basically the internet Walmart you can get anything <laughs> there you can get anything there and you can find any anything there any book there any genre you can but it is essential if you want in the office to be uh, seen, you have to review our work, which also means in the office have to have to submit mm-hmm.
2: our
0: work. So I thank you all. And uh, and also no more writers luck. Oh, yeah, because there are too there, there are too many things that have to be told. Too many things that have to be said. And I need I need uh, Liza Bank, Liza Bankston. To bring all the all the light he just clearly that. you know. I second that emotion. <laughs> I Second thought Because emotion. clearly we know that. Clearly we know that Zane can write everything. Yes. Well, you know. Zane can write everything. Well, day. we definitely want to <laughs> um, thank
3: you for having us. We love your show. We love your work as thank well. You. Thank you for letting us um, be a part of your platform to showcase our platform and our writing,
0: and keep doing what you do. Yes, ma'am. Doing my doing my best to uh, to use talents to ma- to make tables and opportunities.
3: Definitely.
0: Because I understand I understand that you know uh, sometimes the house you need is the house you need to do. So in in that I'm chopping down trees and making beds and making chairs and tables and and what and whatever else needs to be done. So I thank you all and I look forward to everything else that y'all are going to, that you all are going to do because again I want to see. The platform that you all have created, just by sheer force of will and imagination, that that do everything you want Mm to do and bring you every success and every opportunity that it that it as it that it needs. That that way on on certain ends, that we can stop waiting on waves and become our own.
2: Definitely.
0: So I thank you all, and I'll speak to you all soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: The time has come to leave you to your thoughts and words. The hope is that what was shared in this space was encouraging, empowering, and a catalyst to write. Special thanks to Valor Music LLC for all audio production and mixing. All business inquiries and advertising inquiries can be sent to CircleTheWritersBlock at gmail.com. If you feel so inclined to support the work of this podcast to continue to fight erasure of black and minority writers, consider supporting through Cash App at dollar sign J-B-H-W-R-I-T-E-S. That's J-B-H-Writes or PayPal at S-G-L-L-C at yahoo.com. We will see you next time when we circle the blog. Are you having a hard time finding a black narrator? Your search is over. Let Ghost Readers bring the voice in your head to life. Ghost Readers provides voice services, ads, audiobook narration, and even super simple ready-to-go voiceover templates. Visit ghostreaders.com. Let us add soul to your words.